You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Sasha Moyer. Now, do you like to be guest called by Sasha or Alex? Professionalism, I like to be called Alex because it's my real name. Um, Friend-wise, if if I'm cool with you or if I was cool with you in the past, Sasha, I would still go by that. So I can call you Sasha? Yeah. So what do you do, man? Like, we haven't really talked. I mean, I went to school with you and everything, but we never really were like, gotten to really know each other just because like we never had any classes together yeah so what do you do for a living um right now i'm cooking in the kitchen i'm just learning the chef traits um i've already got like three years under my belt on that i went i went to salisbury for about two years just got my general studies taken care of um hopefully i'm trying to go back and um Maybe get my HVC done so I can get a lot of money into that type business and then go back and get business degree again. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna it's gonna all depend on money situations and and shit like that. So I just I just gotta focus on like what my priority is in like fifty years from now. Do I still want to be in the kitchen or do I wanna do I wanna see myself like higher up? past the kitchen level like management in management or do I want to see myself in the management of something else or something so that's why I'm at right now so are you enjoying cooking at all you like learning the oh, kind I of love, chef traits I love cooking is I, that what you want to do for like a living I guess besides like going and kind of venturing into your own like management type style stuff but like what do you see yourself doing in the long run like the end goal like, what do you wish, like, what would be your perfect scenario, like, your perfect life where you wouldn't have to worry Cooking about? Cooking private. Like, being a private chef? Yeah. You would rather be a private chef? Because they make a hell of a lot more money. That's true. So, I think that's a lot better because you do it on your own schedule. You get the food done your way. You don't have to worry about nobody around you. You just ask whoever you're private chefing for. You just ask them, hey, I'm making this, this, and this. Is this all right for breakfast? They say yes, then you make it. You know what I'm saying? It's not really 20 fucking items on a menu. It's, you know what I mean? It's not. It's not like a routine. Yeah, you can go off on anything whatever, you want and create creative, a masterpiece. Yep. I love creative ideas. So, so when, when you look at cooking, do you kind of see it how I do or it's a creative process? Basically, it's like. Um, if you look at it, compare it to music or being like on a stage or something, it's everybody adding their own little spice to the mix. Yes. So when you're doing all these things, like what do you get passionate about the most when you're cooking? Just the amount of things you can kind of add and kind of change it up, like improv style type, to really create this like amazing meal? Sort of. I look at it on an artistic style. Okay. Um, it's a, I look at cooking as an art I don't look at it as of like you just put together a thing and then you try to send it off I look at it as an art like hey if I was a person sitting there how would I like to see that come out would I like to see that come out looking like a slob quick little work or would I like to see that come out looking good nice juicy I know when I take that first bite it's gonna literally melt in my mouth and excite your taste buds yes excite them open them up and stuff that's, I look at it like, I want to, like, let's say I do uh, a steak, steak dinner, a, a New York steak strip, vegetables, and uh, starch on the side, with, between p- fries, potatoes, whatever you want, pasta. 
I want that dish to look like you want to eat it. That customer wants to eat it. And I look at it like, ah, I got to suffer through this, this $20 meal. Which it, sucks because when you go to most restaurants nowadays, that's what you're dealing with. You go, yeah. I mean... Does it is it does it hurt you on the inside yes. seeing all these like, yes. people suffering kind of what these basic meals are? Now, if you literally get to the actual, when you when you take cooking instead of turning it into like oh it's just a job, if you turn it into a passion, much like Gordon Ramsay, you wonder why he gets pissed off and all this shit when he's in doing his show and he's cussing and screaming at people. It's because it literally offends him when you don't care about his, this art. This is literally a talent. It's been used throughout history. And there are some chefs that take it very, very, like, seriously. Now, if you look at, let's say, what's his name? Uh, the, the guy with the spiky hair. Oh, um, Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. He kind of makes it a little bit ridiculous. The catchphrases kind of seems to be a little bit of an attention seeker. Gordon Ramsay's like, I'm here for the food. He goes to establishments and is willing to put in the effort to help you out. But he's helping you out. Don't be surprised if he gets pissed off and then calls you a piece of shit. He does it out of the seriousness of what he takes for his skill. I feel like you would be the same way. Because, I mean, you look at something. What's everybody eating nowadays? I mean... It's the, shit. They eat shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I look, look, I went... In the past, what was eight months, I went through three different restaurants. Because three different restaurants out here... Look, I went from going from the Atlantic Hotel to Finn's Bar, Raw Bar, mm -hmm. to now DeNovo's. Oh, you work at DeNovo's and yes. Pines? So, the hotel was good. Don't get me wrong. The food was good when I made it or when the head chef or another head chef was making it. Food can come out good if you know what you're doing. You ain't slacking behind. You ain't drunk. You you know what I'm saying? You aren't doing popping pills. Because I've worked at three different restaurants now that different people are either coming to work drunk, hide up on pills, doped up, stuff like that. And you feel like you can just shove more of a basic plate out there because the audience is already kind of dumbed down. They're not really enjoying the taste. I mean, nobody enjoys food for the taste anymore. They just eat it to get it over with and go out. That's the whole thing. Nobody sits there. Like, it really, like, my, I always say that my grandma has it best figured out. She takes one potato chip, sticks it in her mouth, and just, like, enjoys it. And then goes on to the next one. She'll eat a small bowl, and it'll take her forever. Me, I'll tear up a bag of chips in a minute. And it's like, the more society advances into, like, these faster processed foods and fast food becomes more relevant, we don't are not enjoying the food anymore. We're so dumbed down to where it seems like... We don't even care about the taste. If as long if it's bland, it doesn't matter. We think of it as sustenance. I'm like, let's take the time to spice it up. Have you ever heard of cumin? You put that on anything, it tastes exactly like Taco Bell. I'm like, holy crap! I could just create kill my whole craving for Taco Bell by putting some cumin on a salad. Cayenne pepper, spice it up, man. You gotta add, especially I eat salads all the time. Nothing with fish, salads, chicken, all these types of mm -hmm. things. I kind of try and live the healthy fruit lifestyle and do that types of things. Um, but you got to incorporate spices because years and years of eating salads, it gets bland. bland. You, you really want to eat something, man, that's especially like has some flavor to it. Yeah, and on that basis of what you were saying earlier of like it's, it's just quick process for people to just shove it down and get going on their day. I read an article just the other day that, that literally over in the western side of – the United States, they're coming out with restaurants now that basically 
It's powder substance stuff. You put powder, add a little bit of water to it, and boom, you get a dish right away. It's in prototype stages, but they've tried it out. It's, At that it's, point, it's similar to what the military uses for yes, their uh, hands-on meals. At that point in time, you don't know what's regulated in that powder. That powder turns into a whole burger meal, or that powder turns into this, or you know what I'm saying? You add water and it turns into a meal that's supposed to represent something. And your whole time, you, you, you sit there and you think you've gotten a whole meal, but the whole time they've done an easy process of it. I feel like what our society is going to do, and I'm not talking for everybody, I'm just talking for the society of people to just sit there and shove their faces Think that food is an alternative thing, this, this, and this. And I just feel like what's really going to happen is people are going to be dumbed down to, oh, this is the plate of food. It looks normal. The whole time, what's behind the scene isn't what you really get on that food anymore. And I feel like... Yeah, the fact that you can take a Big Mac burger or something like that and then it doesn't, like, mold or anything for years. like it's, 25 it's years. Meat. It's 25 years. Meat, man. Like, it should be able to do that, but... And then you think about what they're eating and how they're serving it. They're really just taking it out of the freezer and throwing it right down in front of you. And it's like, when you're uh, uh, someone that actually cares about the art of cooking, you're considered a painter of the kitchen. You are creating a work of art and you're creating like a masterpiece that you're going to send out. Each plate is going to be individually different. No matter if the ingredients are the exact same, it never comes out the exact same. It yeah. just doesn't. Um, does that? Do you ever bake or do any types of things of that sort? that shit's difficult, man. Like, you can't make be, make a whole lot of loud noise when you're baking a cake or you're baking some type of, like, something that has to rise because you can cause the dough to collapse. There, there's no rush in bacon. You cannot rush bacon. It's That's hard. what it, it, And that is one thing that people get wrong out here. They think that they can throw something in the oven and it'll get done quick if they throw it on a hot temp. Bacon is... Microwavable so, items. Yeah, those are not healthy for you. You know what I'm saying? People rush that process. They think they can just throw something in the microwave and think it's going to cook it. All right. Well, you just killed everything that you just wanted to cook there. Right there by throwing in the microwave. The microwave uh, basically locates the water molecules in any food source and cooks it. You know what I mean? So you're basically cooking all the juices out of it. You, anything that you put meat-wise in there, you're cooking anything water-wise. If you add a little bit of water, you're cooking all that out of a vegetable if you put it in plain. You're cooking, you know what I'm saying, rice stuff. Like, you don't want to put pasta back in the microwave and heat it. You dried it out. You have dry pasta. Let, let's say you had macaroni and cheese sitting in the refrigerator for more than, like, a day. You go back the next day, you want to eat it for a snack or something, right? Your first thought, just throw it in there put like a little cover over it and put the timer for like two minutes, heat it up, right? What everybody doesn't understand, add a little bit of water. The water will soak right back into the noodles, noodles will be soft again. Because as soon as you put it in the microwave and you put that in, that microwave is going to draw out every water molecule in that food source that you just put in. doesn't matter if it's bread. Let's say that bread was soggy. The bread would be dry by the time you get it out. 
Does that like when you start to find out these things, you start learning the process. The more like the more you cook, the more experience you get. It's just like a mechanic of the car. Like the more experience and hands-on stuff you get, the more knowledge you get. Yeah. So when you start getting this, you start feeling yourself like, wow, I've been doing things wrong for so many years. Like I never knew about any of this stuff. And you're like, people are doing it wrong, and you're trying to get the word out. I'm guessing you've never submitted an application to a type of buffet restaurant because that just probably pisses you off how fast they're just shoving the food out there. Like, let me heat this never, up, throw this out there. Never. There was an offer online I saw on Facebook at the Chinese buffet in Salisbury. Never applied for it. Never will. Never will. I have the idea because I've seen those guys. They literally been out of a whole container full, dumping on the tray and whatever's left. They put take back. What the hell is it doing back there? Just sitting. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of the foods, like the sushi guy, he makes it right there and then and puts out a tray of it. But I know what he's doing, but when the people come back with that stuff, I, I don't know how the hell they cook it. I don't know if they've just had that shit left over from night and threw it in the microwave, warmed it up, and threw it right on there. I don't know. Some of the noodles there were dry at one point. The the chicken was extremely dry. There was no juice or nothing. It was just a dried, dried up, like it tastes rubbery. And it sits under heat lamps yeah. the whole time. Too. So that's and that's the thing. That's the thing with a lot of restaurants. When the food comes out, you want to send it out right then and there. I know if that ticket has sixteen items, but if let's say five of the items come out faster than the rest, send those out. I get it. You want to send out all the food at the same time, but you gotta realize what you might want to time it right so all of it comes out. But sometimes, if, let's say you work in a pizza joint, that pizza is going to take like 15 minutes to cook. By the time it's prepped, put in the oven, and taken out, cut, it's 15 minutes of process. So, yeah, you might want to wait, but then all of a sudden, you get like six other tickets. Yeah, you're trying to eliminate wait time. You're eliminating wait time. You're, you're eliminating wait time. I get it. The customer wants... The, all the food to come out at the same time. You want all the food to come out. But it happens at every restaurant that I've been at. You go there, you work in the kitchen, right? Every restaurant that I've worked. You you know, burgers and stuff like that don't take long depending on the temp, right? You can cook a burger fast in a matter of five to six minutes. That burger will be out if you know what you're doing with it. Yeah. It's sitting under the heat lamp. What you got to realize is that heat lamp is already cooking it. So you got to count for that too. Yeah. So let's say mine was medium rare. I put it at basically the borderline of rare to medium rare. Because the heat lamp's going to cook it. Because by the time they're done, what they're doing at the end of the line... The time that it's medium rare. Yeah, that burger's probably medium rare to medium by now. But aren't you afraid sometimes that, that you might overthink... Or you might uh, kind of try and plan ahead a little too much and then the food goes out like immediately and you're like, oh crap, it wasn't ready yet. And then it kind of gets to that True. point. True, that is on... But most of the time, yes. you have to account for that weight. Yes, you do. And it is at fault sometimes with the person that does it. Like, I am at fault for it and I'll admit to it. Like, hey, I, um, I cooked this fast, I realized this, and then I would have to throw it back on to reheat it up or like get it because the heater... Heats it, but doesn't heat it up to where it's like warm as soon as you get it out. You know what I mean by that? So, 
I've noticed that when the fires come out and stuff like that, like I'll have to put them back into the fire to get them that crisp again and then put them back on the plate because the plate's been sitting up there for a while. So I'm like, shit. So I take all the fires off, put it back in the fire, and then put it back on the plate because you don't want to serve them soggy fires. You don't want to serve, serve them a soggy potato, soggy mashed potatoes because mashed potatoes, I know they're creamy and stuff, but they can become very... And they're the quickest to make, too, yeah. right? Oh. Compared to, like, if you're, let's say you're cooking a burger. You're going to start the bur burger first, get mm -hmm. that process going, and then once the burger gets close to done, you're going to start adding the other side dishes on the thing, the easier stuff that you can prep real fast and get onto the plate so it's not sitting there forever. I, I get what you're saying. And that's actually really smart. You just might have changed my whole way on looking at cooking because... I, I see it as like, oh, they got, they're just making everything at once. Like, kind of like how you see your mom or you see somebody struggling in the kitchen to make food. Yeah. Like, they're all cooking everything at once. She's like moving all over the place trying to get everything going. And then something gets forgotten in the oven or something gets burnt. And then, mm -hmm. like, but when, if you're really planning ahead like that, that's amazing chef skill. And I definitely think you definitely have like the aspiration and you have the definitely the talent to get there as a private chef, man. I mean, Chef Sasha Moyer. Right, I like right, that, dude. Right. How did you get, like, it's cool seeing you light up about something that you're passionate about, like cooking, like taking an actual true art form and, and then actually knowing the science and kind of experience behind it. How did you get to that? Honestly, it was, it was just back, back when I was 15 when I worked in my first kitchen job and I watched uh, my first, well, I was actually 14. When I worked at the Globe, that was my first job ever. And I worked from doing food running to uh, busting tables to bar backing to helping the servers with serving the food, sometimes food running on top of serving. If they needed a drink or something, I would help them on top of that. Like they were behind and you stuff. You legit started from the bottom. Yeah. Here. So, like legit. So, and. It, it was just like from working from there to moving on to another restaurant to like, I've worked at like maybe in my lifetime, like at least a good 20, maybe 25 restaurants in this area. I know it sounds bad, but it was just every experience. There's there certain things you felt like they were insults a little bit to you? Insults and like basically a slap across my face to saying, oh, we don't give a shit. We're just going to serve this food and let the public eat it. See, now, the, the, the way some people are going to hear that, it's going to be like you're, they think that like you think of yourself as like a high-paid chef. I don't. Not, I don't. You enjoy. I don't. It's the fact that it's, it's, not that you, it's not that you think that. The way I see it is that you enjoy the art of making food so much that when you see this, you're like, I actually want to take this seriously and it's something I want to pursue. So it's not that I think I, myself the best chef. It's that I actually care about the process of making food and the art behind it. So I don't want to, when you say something like that, I know I'm not really, I shouldn't be like really questioning you, but it's at the same time, it's like, it, it defers from what I think of the art. You know, someone's telling you to rush this out, it needs to be out now, I don't care if it, yeah. you know, what you Don't ever listen. That's the one no. thing I learned from a really good chef up in, in New York. I was at a restaurant and he was a world-renowned chef up there and I didn't notice it. But because he came in and they got, they had a whole table set up for him and everything kind of thing at this restaurant I was at. Well, he came over and he saw that I knew what I was talking about when I, when the food came out. He came over and he was like, hey, I, I didn't want, because he was at the booth right next to us. He was like, hey, I don't want to intrude in your, in your conversation or nothing, but I hear that, you know, 
what you talk about, what you want, what the type of food that you that you want out and stuff. And I said, and I got down, and he said, he's one thing he told me when you walk in the kitchen, there is no Russian. Yeah, it might say on that ticket that comes up, hey, rush the order. There is no Russian. You don't rush nothing. You rush it, you pardon my language, fuck up the entire order. You know yeah. what I mean? You rush that process for that one meal, and there's three other meals on that, you're going to mess up that whole order. Don't rush anything in the kitchen. Well, you're going to forget maybe something you should have added um, once the plate's already out there. They bite into it. It's going to taste 100%, a lot different. Like 100%. 100%. Yep. 100%. And that's the biggest thing that these these waitresses forget. And the thing is, these waitresses at a restaurant will forget something. And they will blame it on you. Like, hey, oh shit, I forgot something. They're making you, oh, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. They already got their I'm food. I'm sorry that happened. I have to go tell the chef to make it better. Mm. And then walk back there. It's like... Fuck. Like, you don't yeah. understand how the whole process is taken. That's why a lot of the chefs get pissed. They're yes. like, hey, like, seriously. like Yes. And, you know, one of the toughest jobs to work, I think, is in the kitchen. It is. First of all, it heats up, and it's summertime. It's already 100 degrees outside, and then it's twice like that in the kitchen. 120 in the kitchen. Everybody's yeah. rushing around each other trying to get something done. You're trying to work on your own art thing while everyone else is trying to do their own thing and also try and get the meal out there. They're being pressured by managers. And then you start screaming at each other, and then it becomes a rough kitchen. That's why mm -hmm. most, like, you hear plates break sometimes in the kitchen. It's just people throwing shit around, like, because they're getting pissed off, especially at a busy night where you can't even sit down or you can't even go outside to smoke. Like... You're just upset because you're getting frustrated mm -hmm. that people are rushing you, and you're like, I can't, I can't take the time to do all this stuff. I'm one person, you know. Yeah. You got to, you got to focus on that, man. Like you got to focus on keeping yourself a leveled head in such a really, really tight situation, man. Yeah, and it's just, I just, I and I've noticed that, and I've tried, like especially since now I work at De Novos. It's a fast-paced kitchen. My brother worked there recently. He just doesn't work there anymore. Yeah, fast-paced kitchen. It's one thing I look at sanitation. When I work in the kitchen, I I'm very particular about sanitation. There's a little bit of problem sanitation there. Yeah, yeah, they really do, and and I told both the owner and my manager, both straight to the face. I literally walked into the job. This is this is how I look at. It. I don't pres I know I present myself as like I'm a high chef out here. No, you just care about the art. I care about it. I present myself when I go into an interview with anybody. I look at them. I said, look, I come here to do my job and to do it well at a 100% level. I'm not here to joke around. I'm not here to listen to your life story. I'm not here to care about if your wife is doing this, this, and this. I'm not here to hear what the waitresses are doing. I'm here to see what that ticket says, put out the food at a 100% good rate, looking beautiful to when it brings out to the table. That's all I'm there for. I'm not here to hear that you need this or you need that or your wife is doing this or your wife is doing that. I don't. That that's not my that's not my problem. That's not my philosophy on doing stuff. Leave the drama for, for at, literally for home and for not home, for the kitchen. For home. Do not bring any of the drama to your work of place. Work of place is a place that you come, do your job, and go home and you vent. That's when you vent about your job. You don't come to work and vent about it. Because whatever you say at work might piss the next person off. You it's going to display a bad image, too. If you're at a restaurant, if you have a waitress that just comes over and goes, Yeah, I wish, you know, it was just, I made more tips here. And bitching about that to the customer, you're like, What are you doing? Like, say that. And it, that makes, stuff for it makes the whole, whole restaurant look bad. 
one person can make literally the whole restaurant look bad, and then that's how people get fired instantly. Because they don't want that one person to affect the whole outcome of the restaurant. They're going around saying, oh yeah, the food ain't here good at all, honestly, like this, this, and this. Oh, I don't get much tips. The, the service here is shit. Like if you're going around saying that and customers hear that, nobody's going to come back. Nobody wants to come back. Nobody wants to eat your food again. You know what I'm saying? Like, Especially if it's their first time going. When you're creating a meal, and like, let's say you cook something I've never tried before, you want that to be the best experience I've had. So then every experience after that, I'm going to expect that. You know what I mean? It's creating a first impression because first impressions are literally everything. Everything. And if you make something that makes me sick, if you make something that's not cooked properly, you know how many times you hear about people getting food poisoning from a restaurant because it wasn't cooked all the way? And I did. And I did. Right to that subject, I actually got food poisoning, and I want the world to know. Do not ever eat at Finn's. Do not ever go there. Do not ever accompany anybody to go there. Why's that? I worked there three days, and I got food poisoning from eating a burger. One burger. Was it just not cooked properly? Or no, it was cooked the way I did it, because I cooked it. Okay. So was the meat wrong or something? No sanitation. They don't own a bottle of bleach in that entire kitchen. But for, well, actually, one for the dishwasher to use to put the utensils in right before they put it through. That's it. They don't sanitize the station. They use soap water. Soap and water goes to a certain extent. When you're working with raw meats of any type, as soon as you put a burger on a cutting board, you want to have a bleach towel right there wiping that off. So as soon as if you put raw fish or raw chicken or anything like that, if you're messing with any type of wall, you either want to wear gloves or wash your hands immediately after you're done touching that wall food. Salmonella because and cross-contamination. That's a big thing in kitchens around here. Cross-contamination is a lethal and very dangerous Nobody thing. gives a shit about cleaning the kitchen anymore. Nobody. Nobody, nobody gives a shit about cooking the food. You're not going to give a shit about cleaning up after no, yourself. Nobody. And that's the thing. And when I got sick, if I'm sitting there getting sick, I'm not working for a restaurant, putting my heart out to something like that, trying to fix it. Because if it's not my job, if I don't have that status of trying to fix something, I'm not going to put my foot in doing it. I'm sorry, but until I get to that standpoint, I look at it, why should I put 200% into something when I know at the end of the time I'm there, I'm never going to get that position to change anything? Dude, I'm already seeing you doing this some type of like business or some type of management thing called Moyer's Meals or something. Like just being able to like, I see you in a Gordon Ramsay type style thing, I like mean, your own TV show. We can call it Moyer's Meals, all right? I'll produce it. But the whole <laughs> idea, like you're going into the kitchen and you're literally pointing out like, you see that? That's a big pile of grease that should not be there, okay? You're cooking on that. Treat that right. Because I see you get so passionate about food. And then I... I I'm, I'm literally listening to you and see your eyes light up and seeing you literally like getting frustrated explaining all these problems that are going on in kitchens that are in my area that I probably have been to and I have eaten something at and I'm like holy crap like I, I you know my I know my little cousins go somewhere and eat food like that and the whole totally thing like a lot of people talk shit on like places like Red Lobster for having like you know, they drop the food on the ground. And then you, you have that movie Still Waiting with Ryan Reynolds. You ever seen that? Where they're rubbing yes. food and like mm-hmm. treating it in a whole other way. Mm-hmm. No matter how pissed off you get at a customer, the one rule that is in the kitchen, you don't fuck with someone's food like that. No. That's a big health problem. You get you can get some serious trouble for that. Oh, yeah. And jail time. Straight up. Because if, if they find out you've been doing that, because on health departments, if they find out any, any sanitation things, and I've learned this from the health department too, any sanitation thing that goes wrong, they find out about it. They take all your records. 
any kitchen that has cameras in it, any outside, even in the dining room, they take all they the footage. The and they basically sit there hours upon hours watching the entire feed from when you close to when you open to when you switch over, making sure you're cleaning this, cleaning that. Literally, one kitchen I worked at had that happen because they had a customer complain and took it farther than they should have. And when they did, health department came in there, shut the whole kitchen down for the entire week. I'm not going to put names out there. Okay. All right. Um, they got shut down for an entire week. They, they are closed now. They got shut down. They're no longer in business. Um, Was this business in Ocean City? Yes. Okay, I think I know the place you're talking about. They got shut down. They no longer are there. Main reason is off two days of videotapes, they saw... The kitchen night shift, not wash the floor, not wipe down the station. Just wrap everything and put it under it and just take a dry cloth. They know because they watch them. They didn't wet it or nothing. Take a dry cloth and wipe all the dirt off. That was it. Mm. They never saw a single cutting board go to the uh, sink area to get bleached and washed off. They didn't see a single... uh, Utensils, any type of utensils that you use have to be run into the dishwasher twice and bleached. Never saw them one twice, only once came out. There was, they even saw, because the camera was HD, they saw clearly there was chunks of food on there, chunks of food still in the place and they still put it back on the shelf. Like, it was, it, it was a disaster. And they were like, after that, they just told the manager, you're, fi- you're done. They fired him. They closed the whole kitchen now. Because at that point the health department owns your business when they come in and they shut you down they own you at that point in time they can't fire you they can they can take your license away they can do all that kind of stuff that's the one thing when people see the health department come everybody freaks out at the kitchen you see food and drug administration is such a big thing oh huge and they don't take kindly to nothing I mean, they regulate our drugs, they regulate food, they regulate everything. Everything. Sanitation, food, drugs, anything anything that a human can consume or inhale, they they regulate. Anything. It, it doesn't matter if they it's... They even have some labels it on... It doesn't matter if it's children. this. Yeah, they have some labels on... You know what I'm like saying? Kids, kids eat this. Sorry, kids will eat this. Kid, like, even adults that have fetishes for stuff like this, they still eat this. They have to regulate this kind of shit. So the adult that's eating it isn't is toxic anymore. Because back in the day... Nobody gave a shit about how no, you cook the food, no, man. There nobody, was so much no, bad nobody, no, nobody gave a fuck back in the day, but... Everybody was getting stomach worms and shit. But... Everybody was, but everybody at that point, there was, look, back in the day, I'll put it, everybody had it made on a certain extent. Yes, there was depression. Yes, there was this. Yes, there was many wars. Yes, there was this. There was a whole bunch of other things that incorporated the Cold War, all that kind of stuff. But aside from politics, war, famine, and stuff like that, you look at the actual if you look at the actual big picture, big picture or local businesses kind of thing, those people back then were more intent on creating stuff. 
It was a big picture back then. Nowadays, it's the, oh, I don't give a fuck. I'm waiting for that million dollar cash at the end of my lifetime or when I turn 50 or something. Yeah. Or I'm looking for that pension I'm about to get. Or I'm looking for that compensation I get from the job after I worked there for 25 years or something. That's what people do. They don't look at, hey, I should take passion to it. Hey, I should actually look at it and create a thing. They look at, hey, I'm going to get this job and I'm going to see if I can get that paycheck or that pension that I know if I do it for 25 years from now and live good the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? If you have a passion for something, you want to do it to a good extent, do it. But do it on your fun terms. Do it for fun. Enjoy yourself. Because I've looked at my grandparents. My whole entire family is basically dead. The only people left are my dad and my uncles. That's it. Everybody else that's high up is all gone. My my older uncles and stuff, great uncles, great aunts, grandparents, they're all gone now. And I've looked at them and I've just seen they literally have struggled their entire life. They never were happy with themselves. They never were... They were just trying to make ends meet to feed the table for the food of their children. They weren't trying to do fun stuff. And their fun stuff happened five years before they, each of them died. Does it suck to see, like, do you feel like that you're not, like, do you feel like you're not going to be around for so long? Is that's why you're trying to pursue it as fast as possible? Because you're looking at, you're, you're comparing yourself to your, uh, like, other family members? Not really. I don't look, I don't really care about you're that. You're seeing as you're trying to make as much make an impression out here. You're trying I, to do I as much as you possibly can with you know you're not trying to be lazy. You're trying no. to be motivated and get moving into what you want to do. And I'm not trying to be famous. I don't give a fuck about fame. You Honestly, give, you give I a don't fuck about the food. Yes, that's all I care. I want I want people to realize I when I go out and I die, I want people to recognize my name as a person of like hey. He had passion. Hey, he actually had creativity. His food was art. His food was perfect. His food was literally godlike. I don't want people to sit there like, oh, he was famous. I heard him on a TV show. Oh, he did this, this, and this. He had a funny catchphrase. Yes. Damn, spicy. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to be known for that. I don't want no fame in my life. I know people say I should, I would be good on a TV show. I would be good on this. I don't give a fuck about any of that. I don't care what's going to make me good money. I care about, hey, did that customer like that food I just put out? They did. That makes me happy at the end of the day. If it puts a smile on your face that that food it made you happy, hey, at the end of the day, I go home thinking I did a good job. I don't go home thinking, hey, did this person get the money right for this TV show? Hey, did this person? No, I go thinking, hey, they really enjoyed my food. Nah, that's all I care about. I don't care about... Paychecks is paychecks. Money is money. Money came out of the blue, out of someone's ass and said, hey, this is how we're going to trade everything out, through money. Back then, things were traded through food. Not even then, things were given for free way back if you want to go back during Stone Age times. People had to go out for their own shit. People Nothing. Had to hunt for shit yeah. Too. You know what I'm saying? So there wasn't no money involved. There wasn't no this, this, and this. You know what I'm saying? Stocks and shit. And. When you go to the grocery store, do you pick out the ingredients specifically? Like, you don't buy yes. any meals that are already pre-made and no, stuff? No, never. Just pick out your stuff? <laughs> it never. So you actually oh. take the time to go and do that? <laughs> yeah, never. You know, I never, of... I never buy pre-made shit. I never buy... 
Yes, I'll have mac and cheese that's in the box every once in a while yeah. if I don't have nothing, you know what I'm saying? But if I want something, I'm going to create it myself. Like, I buy fresh vegetables. I go to the local markets. I buy fresh vegetables, fresh fruit. I, I'm not, and I, I'm, I don't care about supporting nothing like that. I do it for my health business. I don't know what the hell is in that food. I buy a food line, Walmart, Cisco, Sam's Club. You know what I'm saying? Any, any of the... If your hands didn't make it into something, then it's the... I, I don't trust it. Non-GMO. They say non-GMO. No offense... I've actually grown my own food. None of my tomatoes, broccoli, none of my, any of my potatoes, none of that came out looking this fucking big. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, yeah. Well, there's one GMO food I actually do enjoy. At Harris Teeter, they have a five, or not a five pound, a two pound apple. It is the yeah, freaking size good. of your head, bro. Th- that's good. I see that, I'm like, that's dope. But where we look at the bad parts about GMOs and them creating a doped up society, I only see some benefit when it comes to growing them in places where they shouldn't be grown. You understand it, what I'm saying with that? But on that factor, it's 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 on the factor of like, hey, farmers have gotten lazy now. Oh, for sure. Yes. For sure. Farmers have literally gotten lazy now. When it's a big consuming process now. Back in the day, back when it was colonial times, there wasn't mass production of shit. There was six farmers that did this particular thing, six farmers that did this, and like six that did that, and six that did that. And it was little. It was literally the size of a house kind of farm. And whatever they produced, they fed that community. Now it's... Hey, we have a factory. We're gonna implant twenty five thousand chemicals into that into that soil, and then watch it grow in five days to where it should take a month. And the whole process of care of growing the food and the whole and process behind it fucked. gets taken away. It's it's taken away, and it's basically that food you're eating right there isn't what was like back. Doing that t- day and age. One so, researcher actually did a census um, study on a farming population. He wanted to test how lazy that is, the kind of inventions are making farmers and all these. Types I actually of things know what way. you're talking about. Well, yep. Yeah, in 2017, there was a guy he analyzed and took a. I think census it was Mark something. I think about, about farming mm-hmm. hands. There's only two ways you can get severe calluses like mine on my hands. That's either from farming or from working out. And the reason why is because the grip of the weights will rip off and create heavy-ass calluses mm-hmm. on your hands. Whenever I go and shake somebody's hands, like, why are your hands so rough? I work out all the time. Mm-hmm. Or they ask me the question, do you work in a field? Like, do you work outside labor? Yeah. It's because it's their farming hands. Yeah. The, in 2017, they took a census study and tested, like, salt, like, analyzed people's hands and stuff. It's less now. It's so less. Soft. It's decreased over time. It's soft now. It's not. It's not. It, Amish people. They do their own thing. They do it hard labor. They're the last few society out. They're the. Oh, actually, I'll take it back. They're the only society out here that doesn't do it. What everybody else? They don't. They don't let the FDA or or any of the health organization come in worry about their food. They do it on their own thing. They do it on their own time. They serve it as a stand on from the outside of their farm. Whatever they grow on that farm, they serve it on a stand for the public. Basically like fresh produce. They're the only society that's left that does it. There's little farmers that, that are also, but an actual society that doesn't let the government come in and control them, they're the only ones out here. 
I mean, as far as I know, it could have changed over a couple of years. Because I've known this from 2016 in the past. They've, they've never had it. But from 2016 now, I don't know if they've let the government come in and, you know what I'm saying, regulate stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, but I've noticed the difference when I would buy corn, peaches, apples, from them compared to a market, you know what I'm saying? And it's so much different. It's tastes richer. It tastes. I have really good taste buds. Yeah. It ta- foods will have different tastes. The food that I got from them had what can I say? Had a richer, more creamier based substance to it then I would get it from Foodline Walmart Cisco or anything like that because they're not adding chemicals they're planting their own seeds they're using cows to plow the things they're keeping it original yes they're keeping it old fashioned they're not using big tractors to cover six like 16 fields like like 500 acres of farming land. Okay, but you have, to look, you have to look at that in another way too. Like in areas where these foods are very, very scarce. Africa, all they really have to eat is like diamonds and gold and these types of resources that just because based on where they're at location-wise. That's where I see GMOs as a benefit because we can learn to genetically modify that fruit or vegetable to grow there in that rough-ass soil. That's where I see True. benefit. But I see where we can easily grow it here and just trying to mass produce it to feed the overpopulation that's happening on Earth. Nobody gives a shit about the Earth anymore. No, I've kind they, of become they, an environmentalist in a way just because I've been talking to, like, Brooks Holloway. He's an environmentalist. Yeah. He's kind of influenced me a little bit to take care of the Earth because we are all literally not giving a shit about that and then we're not giving a shit about what we're eating. Then you're not giving a shit about your body and then you're ending up just turning into something that's going to end up decomposing at such a young age. Or we talk about technology expanding our lives, it's also going to end it sooner and then we're going to be like, oh, I'm 20 years old and I already have this type of stomach disease. Well, I can just take a pill to get rid of that and I'll display it. You can't rely on medication that much because really then you can. become even more doped up than the food you're consuming. You really, yep. And and that, and that my biggest thing now with, with that process of the genetically modified foods, my thing is Nobody really knows behind the secrets of exactly what they add to that soil or to that plant to make it mass production that big. And my thing is, and I've always had a theory about this, don't quote me on it or anything, but I've had a theory that the FDA, the way to people keep people on a stable thing, is they've drugged all these foods. Why the hell are... We're living in a doped up society. Yes. I don't think that's a theory at all. I think that's a main thing. And that's, actually and that's how, and I, and I feel like that's how the government is slowly and surely controlling us from back from when it was free will, when we had free will, to now that you see free will because you do your own thing. But if you look at it behind the picture, there is no free will at that point. It's a like the conspiracy theory of the shadow government, that there's a waiting or Illuminati or type of New World Order figure that is up behind the hands that are already on display, like the public figures like Trump and everything. There's some dude controlling him, the puppet master, and where everyone's just we're, we're looking thinking at that, hey, he's, hey, we gotta listen to him the whole time. This dude's right here telling him exactly what to say, and if he doesn't, 
they can get rid of him quickly and nobody would hear nothing. That's the problem with the society. One thing said it wrong, that's what's wrong with these government politicians. They get into government. One thing I've always learned, I don't give a fuck about our government, honestly. You don't have to whisper I, that. I don't give a shit about our government. Either. Yeah. And so many fucked up things. Have you ever heard of Project Stargate, Project Sunshine, all these types of things where they're what? taking people's corpses and testing radiation on their parent, like people's loved ones what? and shit? What? Like, and that's what I think. Oh, they're coming out with a new, new thing with the medical world. I'm sorry, but this medical world has been controlled by the government. There is no, oh, we're trying to save lives. They're trying to see of, hey, can this work? Because we're all tech subjects. People that aren't on, the, on that 2% rate, for the government to see, medical's not the only thing that's being regulated. Either uh, food's being regulated, like everything has has like has something behind it, like a back waiver or a fucking. A, first of all, medication is so easily handed out, oh. and they look at the side effects that are worse than like you're basically getting the symptoms of what you're trying to cure, and it's not even a cure. It's a freaking. It's a. It's a. This might happen, and then you look at food. Yes. dude. They were affecting medicine. They're affecting food. They're now to even fucking take a shit. You're gonna have to have a permit. And that's gonna fucking happen. Yes. And that's that's the thing. Like you need to answer to daddy is what it is. That's the whole thing. Big daddy wants something. Yes. You know when you die, there's a tax on your any money that you leave behind. It's called a fucking death tax. That is fucking yeah, that's, nuts. That's what that's what our family is dealing with right now. Uncle Sam wants a fucking piece. Dude. A piece because they they've served on his land, so he wants a piece of them once they die. Um, can you, back in the day, before Uncle Sam came out, um, they just let the die die in peace. They didn't take a percentage off of them. And now, because everybody wants money, that's the thing. You have money, that 2%, back to what I was saying, that 2% now is what the government, the actual government, government is looking at. If you're in that 2% range, they're going to take care of you more. We, no offense. I don't. I hate putting us and me under that category. But we're under that that ninety five percent category, meaning we're under that category of we're the test subjects for the government of anything oh, for they put. Sure, dude. You're that, not putting anybody under that's that's completely obvious. You know man. what I'm saying? So I I and I hate doing that because I look at it. My grandmother was a test subject for a new cancer thing that came out. It didn't work on her, but it worked on two people next to her. And I found out. And I'm finding out, I think that's what actually killed her. She had cancer. But I think it sped it up, process more than what it, she really had. Mm-hmm. Because they tried to give something that was they thought was going to kill it. Have you ever heard of the Guatemalan syphilis experiment? Have yes. you ever heard of the that, Tuskegee that was, syphilis experiment? That, that was, that, that's just horrible. That's, that, in my the opinion. The government legally injecting people. Like, we have these types of things. They injected like, people out in Africa. You heard of, uh, what was it, Project, I think it was X, no, it was it was YX, Project YX, yeah. I think it was, out in Africa. And they did, on a village of 300 villagers, they did a uh, test subject of AIDS, syphilis, gonorrhea, herpes, and um, chlamydia on 300 villagers. 100 of them got, like, 50 of them got this, 50 of them got that, and the rest were divided with the rest of the diseases. They tested it. They fed them only a certain amount of meals. They didn't help them with their problems. They let it infect their entire bodies. Literally. You said this happened in Africa? Yes. Are you sure you're not talking about the Tuskegee syphilis experiment? 
that, but but this was a private thing that they did with that organization. Okay, it's like a spinoff. Yes, a, it was a spinoff, but they wanted to actually see what the full effect of it instead of like they did it to see what the effect of one thing. They wanted to see it, and they let them mate with each other. They wanted to see what would happen if you combine this and this. What disease will come I know out? I'm talking about because their main thing was they thought that um, if those people reproduce, if the baby would end up carrying that as well, or would it end up developing a, a whole or either a cure or a whole new disease that's ten times worse than those two parents had. That's what they were looking at. They were they were. I know it's inhumane. It's the most fucked up thing, but nothing's ever humane out here anymore. Not just America has done that. So, I mean, a bunch of different governments have done that. We had one thing in Africa called Project Diversion. I don't know if you ever heard of yes. that. But they were taking people that were gay and thinking gay as a disease. And what they were saying was, if they could not change your gender with drugs and all these types of things, like not change your gender, but change the way your mind thought about what gender you liked. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're into women. If we couldn't... If, if you were a woman liking a woman, they, if they couldn't change that, they'd give you a sex operation change. So they were literally giving these types of people yeah. a whole new gender reassignment and yeah, forcing them like, all right, if we can't Actually. fix what you're interested in, we're going to fix your gender so then it's right. And then we started doing that. That was us doing that down there. That's fucked up. That's it. And that's, and that's, the, and that's the thing. And... and I want to say WikiLeaks. You know who that is? That guy? Vault 7? Yes. You, see, you read that shit? Yeah. All the stuff about them hacking your Google and all that type of stuff oh, and all the lis- types of... Listen, he, he had an interview one time. I forget. It was a private interview. It was only put up on YouTube. It was a mass produced out here. It was, I forget what the title of it, but it was basically WikiLeaks was interviewed by, I think, a private person for ABC, like a private investigator, wasn't really put out for ABC to really put out just their own thing. He basically asked, what was your purpose of it? He said, to get the fucking information out. Yeah, the world needs to know. And for for the government to hide everything from the people, I know the people, if the people knew everything, it would be a mass chaos. But it should be mass chaos, honestly. You're hiding so much secrets that could honestly really help everybody out here. And you want to hide that because you're afraid of mass chaos? Because you're afraid of people like us rebelling against the government? Because how do you think you're going to put the army on on our population? How do you think that you're going to regulate the army to kill their own family members? To kill their own brothers and sisters? Do I, you, they instill, oh, those are your brothers and sisters in arms. But they really aren't. You have family at home. You have people that actually do love you. And then you're controlled by the government that says, oh, we have a rebellion at our home. And because we leaked all this information, now they want to rebel against us. Now we want you to attack and kill them. Have you ever heard of Willowbrook State School? No. Okay, so this was a school that helped, that could hold only a population of 4,000. They ended up going up into 8,000. But it was literally a school for mentally challenged children. It's a place at this time period, like 1950 something. Their parents didn't know how to technically equip to deal with mental disabilities yeah. of this sort, so they would just drop their kids off and not even come back to really check on them. Mm-hmm. And they would be at this school. The conditions were so bad that it used to be an old army hospital, it used to be an old medic center. So 
when you started going there, 90% of the people developed hepatitis and developed all these types of things. So all those kids were getting hepatitis just from the unsanitary conditions in the school. There's pictures of them naked, standing all in one room, taking multiple showers together after days, shitting on the floor, doing all these types of things. And the government started injecting them with hepatitis, all these types of things to try and get and figure out a way that they can cure it. They started thinking, oh, they're mentally test. challenged. We can test them. Test it's a lot easier than rats. The rats. Because it's a lot easier. You're not going to get conflict from them. You're not going to get a second opinion. And that's the thing with development on mentally, inside that, the mentally challenged kids. Like the food out here, you're consuming. Your thing is, you think it's good for you. But the whole time, you to what it does and to to your sperm count, what it does into the female egg. Because, yeah, you might think that that you're taking in this food, you're thinking you're eating salad that's healthy, you're eating this that's going to be healthy, you're making sure you're eating healthy foods, this and this. But, I mean, what is healthy at that point? If you really think about what is healthy, because that kid comes out, you a kid is born, at that point in time, you really don't know until they hit five. And then you start finding out, hey, that kid, until like a normal kid like us, hey, you don't know if the kid has this problem or this problem or what was this cause from or who was this let down. How the hell does it get passed down? How the hell did diabetes get passed down? Diabetes just didn't sprain up out of nowhere. It didn't just magically appear in somebody's body. And it was it injected. And rapidly start increasing more people having diabetes, not just because we have more people on the earth now, but before like... Yes, people are living longer, but it seems like a lot of them are being very, like, relying on heavy medication. I believe, like, in a, you know, 2016 study came out, it's what you eat. And, you, you know, there's been other food documentaries just like that, too, mm -hmm. trying to prove the health benefits of just eating a healthy diet. The guy supersized me. He was severely messed up from doing that, eating constant McDonald's. You saw his body change, and he was literally progressing and looking sick in so many ways. Yeah. Now, the documentary in 2016, What You Eat. A farmer and a research scientist went behind this and went real far into it. And he started analyzing the food and he realized you can cure mental disabilities, health disabilities like ADHD, these types of things, by clearing a proper diet of healthy natural foods. The farmer grew the food himself, no additives, none of that sugars mm -hmm. and shit added into it, no processed foods. A person with ADHD can... Eliminate their symptoms without taking a pill. Yes. Or we're so relying on medication 100%. because no one's willing to take the time to eat something that has been naturally gone and not been fucked with by the hands of somebody that's just in a giant corporation. And corporations mm -hmm. are so willing to like produce stuff at such mass production just to make business and make mm -hmm. money. You lose the whole aspect of caring about what you originally started it in the first place to help people. You end up doping your own society and forgetting the and yourself taken to enjoy your passion. And not even that, it, they're doping up themselves now. They're, and they're realizing that. They're realizing the fact of, hey, hold up, we're doing all this, but I just went and ate what I just mass produced. You know what I mean by that? Like, they realize they do no. They they're a big corporation. They they make sure they regulate all this stuff up in their offices, whole time. Then they go down to to the street corner, get themselves a cheesesteak or something or a burger, that their company was regulating, but 
they're not thinking at that point in time because they just want that quick meal to get right back in their office to do the paperwork, exactly. do all that kind of stuff. And then the whole time, they're getting brainwashed by their own thing. They're thinking it's all right. Yeah, recently we just had, uh, what was it, uh, romaine lettuce? Had the salmonella poisoning. I had to, we literally I worked I worked at the Atlantic and we had to get rid of everything, any lettuce, any type of lettuce that we had, we were lettuce. We had no lettuce. And people and everybody that came to the restaurant wanted a salad that day. And people were like, Well what we the can't. fuck did everybody start eating salads? Yeah, like I we were like, What the fuck? Everybody that came in that day and we were busy as shit. Everybody ordered was one in the salad. We were like, Well, we can't serve you a salad. We have no feet, we have no greens unless you want a plate full of tomatoes, uh, cucumbers, onions, you know what I'm saying? Peppers. Like nobody wants a plate of that. Yeah, like I th- I think the day before the um Walmart took it all off their shelves and everything, I bought Romaine lettuce and I was eating it and I was wondering why I was feeling like shit. And like not feeling so good. And then I ended up throwing it out and then they, I found out about that the next day. Mm-hmm. Well, the only thing that I ended up eating even after there was a salmonella outbreak was, uh, what do you call it, Honey Smacks? I said, all right, that's my favorite cereal, dude. I spent five bucks on one of those motherfucking boxes. Those are good, though. I was like, those I'll get, good. if I'm going to die by salmonella poisoning, it's going to be by a honey, damn box yeah. of Honey Smacks. Yeah. yeah. Or either that or Nutty Buddy or something like that. Oh, yeah. If I go out with a Swiss roll in my mouth, fuck it. I go out at the end of the day. Yeah, like, I go out at the end of the day doing that, so. Does it, I mean, all right, so the main question I want to ask you is, when you look at places that suffer like you look at somewhere here that we have uh, available land and we have all these types of things and it kind of like the industry's taking it over to where the whole process of making foods getting eliminated and mm-hmm. it's just becoming so easy to basically clone. how far until we're able to replicate stuff and just pop it out and like of a 3d printer and be like, hey, here's a burger you know it looks mm-hmm. like a burger it, it, it and it's your placebo effect it looks like a burger it's going to taste like a burger in your mind mm-hmm. so you get to that point does that really you see that as a giant like slap in whatever face of this the process of growing whatever the earth wants to give or whether you want to get religious about about god slapping you're slapping god in the face or something just taking the whole process and the art of cooking out of it you're insulting you're spitting on it and then you look at somewhere where they would kill for being able to be able to grow food like Africa, does that hurt your feelings when you see Africa suffering like that in places with less like starvation and stuff? I mean, you're looking at. Have you ever heard of Haitian mud cookies? Yes. Okay. And ninety percent dirt, five percent butter, and five percent salt, and they eat that just so they can fill their stomachs to keep them off the point of starvation. That and is so fucking sad, dude. And I, I heard ju- about and that. And I just see, and I, and it what really ticks me off about carelessness and that factor of like, one five drops on the floor, a bunch of Africans and Haitian people will kill you for that fire that's on that floor. Will literally murder you where you stand to pick up that fire on that floor. What would you and do for a Klondike bar? That, that's exactly that, that's exactly what they would do, and that's a big thing. And these kitchens that I've worked at, they just my bad, they just throw that shit away. They like, oh, it's gone. I get it. You can't serve it out there. But in my opinion, why can't you like why? Why can't we save that food, put it in a box, put it in yes. something, and ship it to those countries? Because those people, they don't give no, a no, fuck no. if it's not on even, the floor. Not even them. Not even them. You know how easy it would be to eliminate 
hunger in the world oh or eliminate starvation if all these homeless people that are suffering and digging through trash cans to get the meals but you have to you know food goes and it's, it's that expiration date only thing I get it you can't sell anymore Ooh, ex- fucking donate it yes oh something if it expires don't throw it in the trash let that homeless man have it let let this homeless society let Africa have no, it but you, know you know what, what I'm we saying? do like, you know what we do I'm, no, you can't have it. You throw it in the dumpster, and then you watch them go in and fucking get it out of the fucking dumpster. It's like entertainment like a for fucking people. savage. It's entertainment for It people. is terrible. It's entertainment. I feel like now it's That's where I get like, pissed off, dude. And, That's where I get pissed off. And and it just... Like, I, I, cons- I consume water. I consume water. I... Look, I look at life like this. When I hear somebody complain, oh, my day, I tell them, I literally look at them, I say, shut the fuck up. Because there's a person out somewhere else that literally is on their last fucking breath, crawling on the floor because they're dying of starvation, hungry and shit. And and you complain because you didn't have your coffee in the fucking morning? Are you... Are you shitting? Are you fucking shitting me? I'm sorry, but that that pissed me off. I had that happen a day ago when I worked at my own restaurant. These waitresses came in. Oh my god, don't fucking talk to me. I haven't had my fucking cup of coffee yet. I don't want nobody to fucking talk to me. All you are pieces of shit to me right now. Blah 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 blah. I've had a shitty morning. Bitch, it's 7:30 in the morning. I'm sorry, but I came there at 7.30 in the morning and you're fucking complaining. I literally looked at her. I said, shut your fucking mouth. I said, look, sweetheart, there are people that are dying out there. And you're complaining that you haven't had your cup of coffee? Bitch, I haven't even eaten this morning. I'm worried about making sure that all the food I put out before it is out, ready, ready, warmed up and everything before I even shove food down my throat. You know what really sucks is where we don't even care about our own food and we care more about ourselves. We're not caring what we're putting into our bodies. And we're totally oblivious to that, but not even that. We're so careless of others. How many times, have you ever heard of the Kyle Hines story? The big, the guy that jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge? Yes. Okay. okay. He literally was sitting on a bus crying and no one asked him or just even said hi to him. Nothing. They just completely ignored him. Let him sit there and cry. Obviously, you see somebody, if you see somebody on a bus crying. Help and like, him. Let him You're going him. to say, hey, are you okay? Like, you're good. You, you need somebody? something. You need he a said few if bucks. someone would have said hi to him, he wouldn't have stepped off the bus and jumped off the bridge. He wouldn't have done it. And... It, the fact that he goes and explains the story, it makes you look at people. Like, all right, people do. There are people out there that suck. There are people that are that awesome. Mm-hmm. Right now, what I, my what my interest is, I'm interested in people. I'm interested in your stories. I'm interested that you're interested in something so passionate like cooking and being able to like enjoy the art of food and kind of having the same track mind on how society is becoming a place where nobody gives a fuck about anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, I do in that in some extent. There are some like there's most of the time I'm like, yeah, people suck, but people can be awesome too. But I think when I say all people suck, that's just in saying that only because. We have learned to not give a shit and not care about anybody else and only be out for ourselves. Selves, yep. People all suck, okay? You suck, no offense. No, I, I do, suck. I know, I know. But that, the thing that's is, how I look at it. I look we at... can change that. I'm a piece of shit too, but we can fucking change that. And you know how? By taking the steps and taking the time to care about others and fix 
the problem that society has been turning down into for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. We are so focused on being a one-minded, only give a shit about yourself type of individual. We're not caring about each other anymore. And that's where I say I suck because I don't give a shit about other people out there because I'm like, if they're not willing to help themselves, I'm not going to be willing to help them. Fuck that. I should be able to help them out too. But at the same time, I also have to realize what's important and how I have to get my steps going first. I can't be able to help somebody if I'm not grounded on my own feet. And you have to give a shit. You have to do that. Where we all suck, we have the aspiration to be great and a fucking awesome. And I think that society needs to look at themselves and realize there's a fucking problem. There's a reason why no one said anything to that guy on the bus. Because we don't give a shit about anybody but ourselves yeah. anymore. We're worried about what what's what when am I gonna get my coffee in the next five minutes? When am I gonna get this thing? When am I gonna get that thing? Oh, I got these bills popping up. Oh, I got this popping up. Hey, that guy's dealing with so much shit right now. Maybe someone to take the time to ask him how Help this fucking thing is doing. Because I look at it at the end of the day, if you let it land in hand, just like me, if you help, it makes you feel good as a good person. It brings out something inside of you that normally everybody hides. They hide that feeling of joyfulness. They want to just be this, like, like, oh, mean, self-centered, self-disciplined, self-whatever person. And they don't want to let that emotion out of, like, looking like, a bitch looking like, oh, am I the only one? Or you oh, have, or am I the only one helping this person? Oh shit! And everybody else just looks at me weird. Now I'm getting judged. People are now looking at it like I don't want to get judged if I'm the only person helping. But I look at it as help. Don't give a fuck about nothing. You see somebody on that street crying, or you see someone running away screaming. You help that motherfucker out. I know if it, it even if it could end in life or death, you still help them out to, to the extent, because I'm telling you this, when you die, I swear, if you die at that moment helping someone, you're going to die happy, you're not going to die miserable, and I, and I guarantee that 100%, because my grandmother helped something, and she died happy, she didn't die miserable, and I, and I, and I witnessed that for myself, I witnessed that for myself, she didn't let society influence her, she didn't let, she didn't let this, this, this. She didn't wasn't a self-centered person. She made sure she had, she had a car club, uh, members of, of a car club that were for fifty some years that she's been with them. Right? She made sure they were all right while she was dying on her deathbed, before she was more worried about her own damn self, and she died happy. She had she had it figured out, and you know what the thing is, it it really sucks. When you look at like the what people compare to having a mental disorder or having some something wrong with them, like why is that person venting their problems in public? Yeah, they're bitching about their problems, but there was something that got them to that point where they're dealing with so much shit they can't hold it in anymore. Considering that no one wants to take the time to listen to another person's problems, and they wouldn't be venting like that in the store, and you wouldn't think that they're just mentally nuts or bitching about their problems. Yeah, they could be doing that, like the person that talks on Bluetooth really loud in the fucking phone conversation in the middle of the store, like. Hey, man, can't you wait? But it's the whole aspect, like, nobody gives a shit anymore. You stop giving a shit about other people, then you start giving a shit, you stop giving a shit about the food you eat, and then you stop giving a shit about yourself in general, and then you're just worried about, like, oh, I have this disease, I'll just take a pill to cure that, I'm worried about getting my goals done. Okay, well, sometimes to get your goals done, you gotta look at two roads here. You got one road that you can step on everybody's neck to get to the fucking top, like everybody fucking does, or you can actually take the steps into 
taking it the right way around and realizing that if an object pops up, not just in front of you, but in front of someone else, you're willing to take the time to put your stuff on hold and help out somebody else. Yes, you don't want to do that a whole 100% of the time, but if we did small steps to do like that, we could create a better environment to live around. Mm -hmm. You know, we can create a better society by slowly building ourselves up. You know, in China, they have so much of population there they, they have to adapt to methods and types of ways to walk through public. Have you ever bumped into a Chinese person that's from that area and they just don't say apologize to you and they just totally disregard you? It's not that they're oblivious to it. It's that there's so many people there that that's how they have to they're learn trained, how to they do They're trained. They push little children out of the way. It's not offensive. It's just that's how they've become to do. We don't want to end up like that. Mm-hmm. But we want to learn. Like there's things that once that starts becoming normal and we still have the manners to be like, hey, don't do that. If you can't say please and thank you after someone takes the time to cook you a meal, honestly, you're making me want to literally, when I go out, if I ever go out and eat, I usually just like to prepare my own food. I don't ever mm-hmm. really go anywhere to eat. Mm-hmm. But to take the time to actually thank the chef because he's working a long ass shift. Like there's so many times at my work, I'll walk into the kitchen and I'll be like, hey man, like, how you doing? Just talking to the chef. His name's Dennis. And he goes, man, he goes, these people are fucking... Like, every time he puts the food out, they just wait for the fucking food to scoop out. And then as they're scooping it on their plate, they're bitching about it. They're bitching about the food. God, fucking hot dogs. God, fucking fries again. Fuck. It's like, okay, it's a free meal, first of all. And second of all, like, he took the time to cook that. And he goes, literally, when he puts it up, he just throws it down on there. Just stop, stop caring about it. I've seen it change from the three years I've been here at this place. I was like, I've seen it change him. He's literally just been like, uh, you're going to bitch about it anyway. You're going to fucking eat it. Fuck mm-hmm. it. And then just throws it on the thing and just stops giving a shit. So he doesn't even bring the tongs out sometimes. He'll go back there and get it. Because you stop giving a shit when people start keep criticizing you the yeah. whole fucking time. You can only put that plate out there. Because most of the time, t- he's in the kitchen working for customers and then he's got to also come out and feed the employees yeah. so then he's like fuck like I'm trying to do as much as I possibly can and get a nice meal made for you and sometimes he'll be like look I made this specially he'll ask and the manager will be like no that's too expensive you gotta just toss him out burgers and toss him out fries it's like he gets upset at that too he goes and buys his own ingredients he goes and does this shit I always walk into the kitchen Dennis I love you man I appreciate you you do a lot of shit for us and I understand how hard it is to make this food even though I'm not going to eat what you put up there I still appreciate that you took the time to at least think about us and then I walk out that's all I gotta say he makes sure that there's always a salad or something out there for me if they're cooking some red meats I tend not to eat too heavy into the red meats just because I haven't had it in forever and Mm -hmm. it tends to fuck with my stomach but it's like there's a reason you know we're injecting GMOs and all these hormones into cows making them grow bigger making them grow beefier cows making them dumbed down making them easier to kill making them do all this type of shit only because you know it's we're stop giving a shit about the process and how hard it actually takes to make and get this process of this actual real meat, man. And that's why real hunters, like they're all advocates on killing and then eating what they kill. They're all big on that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they won't even shop at a grocery store if they don't have to because they can literally, if they can survive hunt and off get, of one it, one meal that they get, a exactly. deer, uh, you know what I'm saying? Or a couple of rabbits, a couple of ducks. They can survive off that. Yeah, you might have duck every night, but you could literally take that duck and serve it in literally hundred different ways, maybe infinite different ways. Soup, you can do it as an entree, you can do it into a sandwich, you can literally, I can take one thing and create it into like 50 different meals off that just one item. You know what I'm saying? Like butter, I can incorporate, I can incorporate butter into a meal, honestly, if that's the only thing I had. Would you give a shit so much about food if you lost your taste buds? 
Have I lost my taste buds? I feel like people's taste buds are developing. Like you said yours are so powerful. I feel like people are like slowly. If I if I lost these taste buds, honestly, I would probably be like like a Holocaust patient. I would be so skinny because I wouldn't want to eat shit at all. Nothing. But would you still care about food and care about the process of making it if you couldn't even taste it? Because, like, if you look, everyone's not really giving a shit about what they're eating because it seems like they're taste the same. dumbing down. It, it's dumbing down and it tastes the same to them after a while. Like, mm-hmm. that burger and this burger taste the same. It's just a burger to them in their mouth. It's not really the flavor of what I get. If I lost my taste buds, at the end of the day, it's not that I wouldn't give a shit. It would be harder to give a shit. If you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Like, because... You wouldn't know what would taste right. Because if I'm serving, if I'm serving, if I'm at a fancy restaurant, I'm serving like a good uh, New York strip or a good filet mignon. If I can't taste that motherfucker, how the hell do I know that what I'm serving is going to be perfect for that customer? I could be spending three hours on that meal just to get it right because I can't taste it. At that point, people will give up. People, I would have given up because if I if I sit there, would you not and, want to be around anymore? No, honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be around any of that you shit anymore. Enjoy the food you made. You wouldn't care about the process anymore. And then Nothing. eventually, you'd be like, this I'll, is just all I in, "I'll just throw it in. I'll just throw a box of 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 the craft pre-made packages or ramen noodle. That's all I would eat." You know what I'm saying? Because why would I spend the time trying to create a fancy meal? Because I, I cook all my meals at home. Whenever I, If I work morning and night shift, whatever meals, I cook my own meals. Because what I know, what I cook, I know what the fuck I'm about to eat. I don't go out because I don't trust what the hell will come out. Whenever me and my dad, my dad wants to take me out to restaurants... Because he don't like eating at home. He don't like cooking. I do. But I don't cook for him. Because his, his meals are all vegetarian meals. And it's nothing to do with... It's all microwavable shit. So you just throw it in the microwave and you eat it kind of thing. So it's really not in the area I'm really Does looking that anger for. anger you and trying Kind of, to yeah. And he sits there talking about... What really angers me about him is his doctor sat there and says he needs to cut weight. He needs to take out starch. I'm sorry, but that doctor can go fuck himself. In my opinion. So, I eat a really healthy lifestyle. I eat, like, fish, chicken. And I do sometimes, occasionally, like, if there's a rotisserie chicken or something like that in the thing, I will grab a little bit of a piece. And I will eat that's, a little bit of red meat every fine. now and again. That's just because fine. I haven't had it in forever. Yeah. I'm so used to a fish and, like, yogurts and all these type of, like, diets. Like, really healthy-based stuff. Because I've been working out every day for seven years now. Almost seven years. I have not missed a single day. I will find a way to go there. Now, I do have a bit of body dysmorphia from being made fun of school. Mm-hmm. So, I have picked up working out is a very serious thing i care about my body especially what i put into it now when it comes to looking at food and caring about it i do i mean like i said after eating salads for years and years you have to spice it up man but when i went to the doctor and they test my cholesterol my blood and all that stuff a normal is 120 over 80 that's a normal okay for a healthy adult Okay, yeah. anything lower than that, it, it, as long as it's not dangerously low, is good. Yeah. So it's like athlete standards. Mine's 100 over 60. The doctor's like, do you eat a lot of fish? I was like, yeah. And they're like, every meal? I'm like, basically. And they're like, you eat a lot of salads too? And they're like, they don't, you don't put shit in your body, do you? I was like, rarely. He's like, yeah, I can tell because your cholesterol is like at a supreme level. Like this is like what people would like. This is a 
something you want to put on the wall. I'm like, I appreciate that. And he goes, you don't, you know how many posters when you walk into a doctor's room, you know what's standing up on the walls? Your cholesterol. It's shooting you right in the face. Give yeah. a shit. High blood pressure. Oh, this emphysema. Uh, eczema. This. Like, I went into this one, and it had, it was the chiropractor. Yo, they had everything about bones on the wall. And I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, should I start be drinking milk now? Like, I eat a healthy thing, but that's all about, well, milk's good, but you should get it right from the cow kind of thing, not from the grocery. Literally. they Straight from the cow's tit, not the government's tit. Yeah. Literally, the doctor said, if you want to drink milk, literally, go to a farm, ask a farmer to milk, and get, like, literally a bucket full to... Last year for as long. Like, because that's the only way that it's going to really help your bones. This milk out here has literally, he said, the doctor told me, he said has 0.012% of the ingredient to actually help from what it's inside the cows to help with your bones. When I heard that, I said, so I've been drinking all this milk for nothing. So now I have a goat. Now I have a milk supply for my farmer around here. I have an actual milk supply. I get my milk fresh. I do. I get them in those glass bottles, like olden olden times when my grandparents were. Cause it, ta- it tastes probably a hell of a lot different, right? Oh my God, it tastes it tastes warm. It tastes good. It tastes healthy. I've never had it. I, I it, will try it. Dude. It's it's thicker. I met a Haitian woman at work at my work, and I told her I was like, I'll try one of those mud cookies because she still eats them now. I'm like, but you're here. Why would you eat? Something that's dirt, and she's it's like, she goes, you don't understand. Like my grandma made those, and it, they taste just like Snickerdoodles. I'm like, they taste like fucking Snickerdoodles. Like I will try one, and she's like, yeah, we order special dirt, and I'm like, what do you mean, like dirt that's less uh, dirtier than the dirt? Dirt, that yeah, yeah, like yeah. what, what kind of dirt are you? Saying? There's certain irons and stuff that are in these types of things that you know there is a, there is a fetish type thing or different uh, kind of disease called geophagia that people eat dirt. And, eat these types of raw materials like rocks and shit because it does have things but there is there is a, some essential minerals and stuff in there that you can get if you're not getting from a proper diet but it's it's best to eat food but like I'm not going to knock it until I've tried it you know what I mean so we I've had raw cow milk before it's not good I'm lactose sensitive so I try not to dive into dairy very well besides like I, I eat non-dairy yogurt and all this type of yeah, stuff no, that's that's perfectly fine but that's just because my body can't handle it and i think a lot of the reason why my body can't handle it is because i'm getting such a processed amount of it like it's so regulated you go to the store if you just look at the nutrition i always check my nutrition labels always yeah i'm not, not just sure, looking at yeah. the ingredients especially but- for the meats honestly i have to even though the meat might look like it's a plate of fucking steak right there pre-packaged oh dude i have like what is red dye number one red dye number two like what the fuck is that like is that even the actual meat that you cut off that cow because what the hell is red red dye one two yellow dye and blue dye what the fuck do any of those have to be in my steak my steak should be cut off the damn cow and served to me right there in the day raw so I can go home and cook it. Not look at the label and be like, uh, is this steak even real? Oh, it isn't? Holy shit, why the fuck am I putting this in my system? This is why I go to an organic store. I even hate going there. 
Because this shit has... Some of the time it's modified too. It's modified. And they say it's organic because they can put a label on it and, and slab a piece of chicken that looks a lot better than the chicken you get in the store. They did, and, they did a test in 2014. They tested, uh, like I think it was like 150 grocery stores in like a couple states, like different states. And they, they, they found out the organic stuff had actually more GMOs and more hormones in it than the non-organic stuff. If you look at Harris Teeter, it says organic apple. That thing's two pounds and the size of like a football. There's no way that that's not Yo, GMO. As soon as you say two pounds, there is no organic nothing. The moment you tell me that motherfucker's two pounds, there has never been an actual apple tree that grows two pound apples. That tree won't even be able to survive hanging two pounds off of its branches and, and a whole branch carrying like seven, eight of them. Like, there's no way. They're made in a laboratory under... under supervision of people doctored up to make it 10 times. They take an apple, they juice it up with something inside of it to make it slowly grow into the side. There is no such thing as a, a natural two-pound thing. Nothing. There is no such thing as a 10-pound fucking potato that came out naturally. There is no such thing as that. Potatoes that come out should be yay big. This big. Yeah. Literally. Normal potatoes. Not coming out this ridiculously big. Yams shouldn't be the size of this table. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yams are big. They're like big versions of potatoes. But they should only be yay big. They shouldn't be grown half the size of a table. Watermelons should not be... The big long ones should not be this fucking big. Water, an actual watermelon watermelon is this. Yeah. A real one. They you say, grow they yourself. Say, and it's a funny thing, we call that a personal watermelon. No, no, that's a fucking normal watermelon. Yeah, that's they don't a normal. Grow that fucking big. Yeah, they don't. There's no vine that's gonna try and stay up with that fucking thing growing. And I can it. taste, and I've tasted, because I've actually bought, I've actually grown my own watermelon. I get that, and then I bought one from a store, cut both of them up, put them in both different dishes, and I tested out through my entire family. I gave them a taste test. Not even just doing a taste test. Have you ever used pH and tested that type of balance in it? You find that there's more acidic stuff in like where fruits are have a normal acidic level. I should be level. doing that. I if you do, do, if you test like a pineapple, it's very acidic. So very. It's gonna land, but it land a natural one lands on a specific scale. Ones that are grown with enzymes and type of chemicals fall farther on that scale, man. And it really blows my mind how like I know you from you know being a little bit outrageous and kind of outlandish in your personality, just with like people trying to mess with you up. I'll fight anybody. I'll do this type of thing. You're not doing that anymore. You changed your whole way, dude. You're mature definitely from school. But at the same time, I think you found your niche, dude. I think you found your thing. You found your little ecosystem that you can stay in. And that's being being passionate about that. Using that type of rage in the kitchen. Using that type of rage at looking at how society is being treated with food and how people are being less conscious about others and also being less conscious about what they eat, man. And I, dude, I fucking gotta, I gotta give you some respect on that because seriously, that is a main thing, dude. Dude, we have to start giving a shit about not just what we eat, but others, dude. And Amen. Like, Amen to that. If we can work on increasing the world and caring about the world a little bit more, we can do so many fucking things. We can, anything is honestly possible at that point. Yeah, anything. Dude. Literally anything. And and I tell everybody this, even my cousins who are younger. I say, don't dumb yourself to what you think is going to substantiate yourself in a living situation. If you have to live with your parents enough to be able to own something for... If you have to live with your parents for 20 years, do it. 
There is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing subsiding from that. You don't look poor. You're not broke. You're not a bum. You're nothing like that. I always look at it like this. Make yourself happy. Make sure you can substantiate yourself. Because as soon as you leave into the real world out here, which I've realized it was a slap across my face as soon as I graduated. All those friends that you thought were friends don't even fucking hit you up anymore. You got me, bro. Yeah. I'm fucking here. Seriously. I, I will love to have you back on. I have a I have a spinoff of this podcast where we focus on like narrow topics. I got shit on government articles. I got shit on food. I got shit like I mean everybody's interested in something. Brooks is interested in learning about like cryptids and all these types of things about like plants and all this types like plant rights, all these types of things. And I have friends that are interested in like Bigfoot and all this shit. Dude, I, I will go hard on that and I, I'm more than happy to chill with you. Especially if you ever need anybody, dude, I will get like I'll definitely definitely get your number after this, dude. And you just hit me up if you need me. Yeah. If you're ever somewhere, dude, and you need somebody, I'm there for you, dog. Because appreciate you know, that, brother. You appreciate you, that. You don't get that around here. You really don't. You get the uh, yeah, bro, and then you never hear from them, kind of thing. Yeah. Or yeah, bro, uh, yeah, let me get this from you. Never hear from. I'll them. be there. Then yeah, and then never, yeah. never, never, kind of thing. That's all you get nowadays, and it's and it's good to hear. It brings happiness into my ears. Thinking that hey, there's someone that actually is willing to step their foot down and say, hey, you want you want somebody? Hey, you want somebody to talk to? Hey, you want some? Because I don't have nobody. I have my girlfriend who lives with me, but she's at work. I'm at work the other night, the rest of the day. We don't see each other until we're both back in the same house. And then it's like we do a little bit, and then we go right to sleep and go back. You know what I'm saying? It's good to have. If I'm off one day and she's working, it's good to have to go to somebody. Cause. Back in my day, like you know me, drug dealing, shit like that, messing with drug dealers, messing yeah, with you've changed completely. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't, I don't deal with any of that. Yes, I have my medical card. I'll admit to that. I only do it. Marijuana's not bad. It isn't. No, not, it isn't. Like and nothing's I, I bad do with regulation and not, not not regulation as a government, but nothing's bad with control over what how much you're taking. Yes. If you have too much in excess it's bad. Yes. And that's how I looked at it. So I do it on a control substance. It helps me. I have really bad ADHD. I'm gonna have it my too, whole man. I'm I gonna do. have it my whole life. Yes, some people do it naturally where they try to stimulate their senses into thin. I stimulate my senses because if I can't hit the gym I simulate my senses on smoking weed to calm myself down because I have ten times the normal energy of a normal person. Dude, I have ADHD too. You know, you know, you know yeah. what you know what I'm talking about. Like people out here who drink the Red rarely, Bull. That's why I rarely sleep. Energy drinks don't work. Don't on me. nothing. No caffeine. Nothing. I not a single drink energy thing. drinks for the taste. That is yes. it. And people hate me because of that. They're like, this shit tastes disgusting to me by drinking because it speeds do, me up. I, I say what. This shit tastes godly to me. What are you talking about? I used to about? drink the uh, giant 20-ounce uh, Red Bulls. I used to have four of those for breakfast. For breakfast. And then my, my brother's girlfriend was like, look, you need, to, you need to calm down on that. I was like, before, why? Goes, before you kill gonna, yourself. You're not going to live past 25. I was like, but caffeine doesn't hit me. And I can drink a whole pot of coffee and go right to bed. It just doesn't. It and doesn't nobody, and, nobody and, understands and, and, unless you have ADHD. Yes, drugs. and people look at you like you're fucking psychotic or you're mentally challenged or something like that. They think like how? Because I'm at work, I'm drinking because I have so much energy. I'm trying to calm myself down, so I'm at work shoving out fucking coffee, and then they see me, I get tired. Yeah. They're like, how? I just saw you drink like ten cups of coffee. I'm like, bro. 
it doesn't do nothing for me. I'm trying to calm myself down. You know down. what sucks about that, having ADHD is you run out of energy. Like, you feel like you can literally drop right there. And then two minutes later, you have full yeah. burst of fucking Boom! energy. Boom! Right back to it again. And I'm just like, and I'm just like, I just want to rest about it. Can you just let me sit here and enjoy myself? No. You're going to go for a run right now. What? I don't want to. Then your body's just like, you got to do something. You got to motivate. You got to keep going. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it. And at, at my work, I'm running so much, they tell me to slow the fuck down. I tell them to fuck off. You don't have time to slow I don't have. I, if I slow down, my time, I look at it. When I slow down is the time I put my head on that pillow and I'm going to fuck to sleep. That's when I slow down. Other than that, the, the moment I open my eyes to the time I close my eyes, there is no stopping. There is no, hey, let's, let's take a nap. Let's, let's, let's enjoy ourselves sitting here for six and a half hours. You know what I'm saying? I like to move and stop. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think we need to stop looking at ADHD as a, like it's a mental health disorder. It isn't. It isn't. I it, don't think of it that way. I think it's a supreme benefit. If more people had ADHD. Yeah, there are times I don't wish it on anybody because it is a burden. And I mean, I mean, it's a it's a gift and a curse. It is because it really is. You do have benefit of massive amounts of energy. We're able to get a lot of fucking shit done. But at the same time, like there are times you do want to slow down. And if you can if you feel like you're in the middle of the day, like you're driving your car, and you feel like you could drop that one minute. If you're not for a person with ADHD, if they're not dropping that one minute, then it's not going to happen. And that that's a curse for me on that curse part, because I spend so much time rushing throughout the day trying to get everything done. That I look at my girlfriend and I sit there right before I hit my head and I just sit there. I'm like, I'm pissed off because I didn't spend no time. I didn't sit down and actually enjoy myself with her. I was rushing around making sure we had this, 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 and this done. Made sure I was getting to work on time. Made sure that the house was clean. Made sure our laundry was all right. Made sure this before I left the house. You know what I'm saying? And when I come home, I'm making sure this, this, and this is done. We have our food ready. Did she warm it up for me? Did I cook it right? Did I do this? You know what I'm saying? And then when I sit down, I, I look at it as a curse because my body is so rushing. And she gets mad at me constantly because I'm constantly out here rushing everything and she just wants me to sit down and just hold me. But I, I'm the type of person that like, hey, let's get everything done, then we can do that. Then by the time that's done, we have to go to bed. Yeah. And she hates it. And I'm and I've started to realize that now. I've started to realize that's why I, I've slowed down now. Like I've literally sat there and I'm just like, hey, let me just stop what I'm doing. I'll hold that off for the next day. Knowing I will get that done on top of everything else the next day. I'll get it done. And then I'll spend my time with her. It's and it makes that, her yeah, happy. It's, it's not that you don't care. It's that you literally physically are, are trying to do so many things at once. You got too many hands in the fire. And that's a perfect analysis. Because, I mean, if you look at... First of all, it's a good reference. Because too many hands in the fire, you're a cook. But uh, the whole idea, like... We need to take more time to be productive but also at the same time learn what's important too and it comes to the same thing where you can talk about you can relate that to your relationships you can also relate it to how people are looking at the world and how we're treating it in this way and kind of turning back onto that you know really wrapping up the podcast with like you gotta have a a, 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 a calm mind and a clear mind when you look at what's going on around you. Look at the shit that's important and realize no matter what's 
what you have to do and what matters so important to you, sometimes helping others is going to make you feel better. If we keep constantly keep treating, no matter how world, how bad the world pisses you off, no matter how bad your shit day gets, don't take it out on anybody else. Yeah. Because once you start projecting yourself like that, you don't know what that person went through. And if that person is going to snap, either pull out a gun or, you know, end their lives. Like, they don't know. And I think so many things can be fixed if we just learn to give a shit about other people because once we can start doing that we can give a shit about ourselves mm -hmm. you know and it's it's a main thing man we gotta wake up and realize this and nobody does nobody nobody really does nope so and it's just everybody wakes up just to wake go, up like, just to wake up here's another fucking day let me go yep. on autopilot and then and then it's like, oh, am I going to die soon? Now, now older people are realizing like, hey, I'm trying to get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, I've looked at it like, my grandmother didn't want to go out the way she did. But she, like, she had a maid back then. Everybody was helping back during her time. You could talk to your neighbor. Hey, do you have butter I could borrow? I'll bring it right back. I just need a little scrape for my dish and bring it right back. Hey, do you have a little thin of milk? When I get my milk, I'll give you one for that payback of the milk. Or hey, do you have a cookie or something? Hey, I'll give you that. I can't even talk to my fucking neighbors. Now, if I even say something, my neighbors will give me this. Look, this society has changed dramatically. And I think if somebody, if slowly people out here can put this stepping foot out and actually change it, society can change back to what it was, used to be, that people yeah. actually did let the land in hand. Because my grandmother literally said to me that people helped her back then. Next-door neighbors loved to come over. Next-door neighbors loved to help you out. Next-door neighbors were there for you, helped you if you had this wrong. If you had a broken tire right in front of your house, next-door neighbors came out and helped you. You weren't stuck. I see somebody, I saw somebody with a broken tire. I pulled over to help them. Who the hell didn't? Thousand cars drove by us. Nobody seemed to wanted to help. Yeah. I was the only one that helped the person. Well, you gotta do. That's why I say you've changed from school, man. And so. seeing you nowadays give a shit about people, it's it's it really warms my heart to know that like you're out there at least benefiting to the world. You're not creating any more of a detrimental effect to it. And dude, anybody that listens to this podcast, especially people that we graduated with, like they're gonna hear that and they're gonna think of you in a whole new light, dude. I think of you completely different, dude. And I'm glad to actually have gotten to sit down with you now and be able to talk to you and be able to hear your experience, dude, because it's amazing to see what you've accomplished so far mm -hmm. and what you're going to accomplish. Because I do believe you have so many good things coming your way, brother. Oh yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I appreciate you coming out and doing yeah. the podcast, man. And uh, anybody that wants to listen to this story, like you know, it just shows you what you can do if you put your mind to things and also how beneficial you can be to others instead of just being a benefit to yourself.